You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Shane, guess who I ran into this morning? Who? Clubhouse Joe. He, I met, I, <laughs> I saw him at the Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he said, he said, "Are y'all still doing that podcast?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Now remember, you don't have to do that podcast. You get oh, to do God. the podcast. You get to do that. <laughs> yes, podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, you get to do the podcast." And I was like, "Thank, <laughs> thanks for the encouragement, Joe, and the reminder." I asked him if he was still putting the plug in the jug, and he said that he was. So um, nice, yeah. nice. And then he gave me a copy of Living Sober, and here we are. The um, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Do you have your chocolate and exercise and a pillow to scream into? Yeah. Yes, I'm being good to myself today. A little self care <laughs> day, hot tea, and some bubble bath. The um, I love it. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, we got a great episode for everybody today. We've got a uh, an awesome guest. Some of you might know her as uh, being a nut and uh, a, <laughs> yep. a, a gossip. Or a gossip. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think she had her husband committed. And, sure did. Yep, and she's one of the original resentment makers in Alcoholics Anonymous. Her name is Mrs. <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Mrs. Thank Jones, how are you? Me. I'm good. What? I'm a nut. You but are I'm a nut. Good. Tell, I'm good. Yeah. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so um, I'm a nut. Um, I'm also an alcoholic. Um, I get to be an alcoholic today. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I, uh, I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, I'll say briefly, my very first meeting was about a year before I got sober Um, I sat through an entire meeting drunk and all I heard was one day at a time. And so I left because that sounded miserable. And I spent the next year trying to just not drink one day at a time. And that didn't work. (laughs) And I I made it back in um, the morning of October 14th, 2013, as I was getting ready to check myself into a detox facility I'm home packing my suitcase and my husband walked in on me and I was drinking right out of a bottle, which is normal, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he's, he, he's oh. a normie. And um, yeah, and he just looked at me like, come on, man. You know, I said, I'm getting help. I don't want to do this anymore. And here I am. Glug, glug, glug. And he looked at me and he said, is that going to be your last drink? Hmm. And thank God he said that because That was the moment where I didn't know the words in this book yet, but I internalized this concept that I'd lost the power of choice, that it's not up to me that this is my last drink. I don't know how to do that. And yeah, I'm checking myself into a facility, but they're going to let me out. Then what? And that terrified me into having an open mind about the spiritual help that is on offer in Alcoholics Anonymous. And so it felt like that morning, I just experienced step one and step two. Um, I met the woman who is to become my first sponsor. 
later that same day and jumped into the steps and I haven't done any of it perfectly or even gracefully. Um, but it works. And I've been sober since swigging up that bottle has remained my last drink. And that's not Mrs. Jones power. (laughs) That's the power of, you know, this, this higher power that I didn't even know was real until I started experiencing it. And, um, so I get pretty passionate about this message, but you know, the message in the big book, what we have to offer here. Hmm. Powerful. And cats. And cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a fan of cats. We're, we're cat, cat fans we're, oh, over good. here. We're a cat awesome. friendly podcast. We are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had a, we had a dog yesterday though. <laughs> oh, dog. If y'all, if y'all listen to uh, Mike, the great reality. <laughs> yeah. We had a dog on that one. Mm-hmm. We had to do a, oh, nice. him a, a special pass to allow the dog. On, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Jones, thanks for uh, that intro. We're we're uh, we're glad you're able to join us today. Um, Shank, what's our topic today? Our topic is animals on a treadmill. Whoa! I mean, how about Ooh. that? Yeah, that's that a that powerful. Um, so this this little the, catchphrase, I suppose hey, you could call it. What? Let me ask a quick question. Okay. <laughs> what, other than some memes that we've seen, have you ever actually seen an animal on a treadmill? Mrs. Jones, you oh, have? I'm, I'm raising you, my hand for, I know you've done for all of you listening out there. On treadmills, um, but. <laughs> yes. So I've actually um, used to have a treadmill in the house, and we would have, by we being me and my husband, we would have our cats run on it just for fun and they dug it man they, they would do it loved it yes they would do it but okay. i don't think that's what the book is no no no, no. i just yeah. okay I, I know all right i know i what, the first time i read that passage i was like what's wrong with being an animal on a treadmill man <laughs> <laughs> looks like they were having a great time all right yeah Sorry. exactly that yeah. sounds fun <laughs> Sorry, so, Shane. Go ahead. This I, I comes from uh, the chapter Two Wives. <laughs> it is on page 106. Starts at page 106. That's the fourth edition from 2001 in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. This is what it says. It says, we began to ask medical advice as the sprees got closer together. The alarming physical and mental, mental symptoms, the deepening pale remorse, depression, and inferiority that settled down on our loved ones. These things terrified and distracted us. As animals on a treadmill, we have patiently and wearily climbed, falling back in exhaustion after each futile effort to reach solid ground. Most of us have entered the final stage with this commitment to health resorts, sanitariums, hospitals, and jails. Sometimes there were screaming delirium and insanity. Death was often near. Hmm. Wow. Those animals on a treadmill don't sound like they're having a good time. I don't think they are. (laughs) Don't think they are. No. No. You ever been an animal on a treadmill, Mrs. Jones? Um, I was the, well, yes, but also this helps me see what I put my husband through. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, And, um, 
like all the patient, weary, falling back in exhaustion, each futile attempt, each futile effort to try to get me to be the person who could control and enjoy their drinking when we first met. And Well, well really, you just described this and your qualification. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when I was in it, I couldn't, I couldn't see what I was doing to him. Um, and I, believe me, I wanted to go to a health resort. Like that sounds fun. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I want to go to, I didn't get to go to fancy see rehab but that's what i dreamed of like yeah i think i'm ready for help if you know if it means facials and <laughs> massages and, and yoga yes. yeah oh, right yeah. right pet therapy uh-huh <laughs> yeah it works what do you think jay wayne how do, how do you kind of relate to this or do you well i relate to it quite a bit in terms of what i did to my family and parents and first wife and in-laws for sure. Um, and you know, the last, I guess, six months, seven months of my drinking, it was, it was one futile attempt right after another. Now I didn't go to a health resort. That does sound good, but I, I think I created my own health resort. I would exercise and mm. I would, cl I would clean up. And I became a vegetarian before it was cool to be a vegetarian. Nice. I started doing yoga before a lot of people even knew what yoga was. And, uh, I, I mean, none of it worked. I wouldn't, I, you know, psychiatry counselor. You shaved your head and I shaved my head and that should have uh, done it. It should have. Now I'll tell, I will say this. I did get three days of sobriety. I have a shaved head. It's pretty good. Okay, how? <laughs> I don't know. I shaved my head and I stayed sober for three days. The bad oh juju God. was stored in the hair. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. it, it works a little bit. I wonder if I shaved too much off or, but as you can see, it's helped my hair grow as I've aged. I mean, it's like freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, but I can, I can certainly identify with family and friends being just baffled and mystified and my God, one more time, what, what's, what is up mm. with this guy? Um, and then I even went through this some with, you know, with my own family members that, that drank after I got sober dealing with, uh, with other, with, a, with a sister and a father mm. that went, went through this, this. So I can certainly, um, identify with it. Um, now, Shank, I know that you went to uh, hospitals, jails, sanitariums. Did you make a health resort? No health resorts for me. No? No, You skipped right to sanitarium. <laughs> she went sanitarium and then straight to maximum prison, maximum security prison. Well, technically, I mean, I went to treatment. Okay, I went to, they called it treatment, not rehab. I'm not sure there's a difference. That's a sanitarium. Um, so, Asylum. So Asylum. that was that was fun. Yes. An asylum. I like that better. I do like that's that a, better. Yes. That's a good one, Mrs. Jones. It's an asylum. Um, the book says I, that too, I think. I yeah. did not go to the hospital. Thank you very much, <laughs> Jerry. You didn't? No. I was fine. I went straight to, I went you straight straight to jail. jail. You went yeah. straight to jail. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I don't really, I spent a total of uh, 2.5. 
three days in jail the first night I got there after committing crimes and um, they didn't have any available cells. So they gave me a mat under the stairs and I felt like I deserved that. Um, I got out the next day. And then when I was convicted of said crimes, I spent a day and a half in jail, but they said she's going to maximum security prison. So just like get her out of here. So um, my jail experience, I refused to shower there. I refused to eat there. And I just went along my merry way to prison. Hmm. <laughs> Where then, little did I know, I wouldn't have a one stall shower. I would have a big open room to shower yeah. in. So should have really should have taken that jail shower. Yeah, You're you listening. Take, take the jail shower. Why you? Why you can? <laughs> well, you can shower alone. Yeah. Please heed that advice. Um, <laughs> Do you have a um, a definition or a, a uh, an explanation of what animal on a treadmill is? I do. So an animal on a treadmill, it's an idiom and it describes individuals or entities constantly working or making efforts, but not making any significant pro- progress. Hmm. Mm. So just the loop of, you know, I mean, you're running, running, running. Maybe they're dangling the carrot. What would you do? dangle the fish, the cat food, the, <laughs> yeah. the the tuna, whatever it may be? Yeah, I think about the uh, progress. I think about the my family. So I would go to church, hmm. and the you know church was always a good thing to do if you wanted to get people off your back, and you wanted to give them false hope. Hmm. So. I would go to church and the family would be like, Oh, Jerry went to church Sunday. He's going to be just fine. And they would get their hopes up and they would think something, you know, good's going to happen. And a few days later I'd be drunk. And then when I started going on the suicide sprees, you know, the, the second and third suicide attempt after getting out of the hospital, they knew for sure that I was going to stay sober the rest of my life after going through that. And mm. then, you know, a few days later I'd be drunk. And so I, th- that's probably part of what it's talking about is the family feels like an animal on a treadmill, right? The, it right. looks like you're going to make progress, but then what's the book say? You pull the structure down by a series of sprees or. Yep. Yeah. Know, yeah. The, 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 dam- the damage we do is incredible. Oh my gosh. The alarming physical and mental symptoms, the deepening pall of remorse, depression and inferiority that settled down on our loved ones, hmm. you know, because it feels personal. It feels like, why can't you be sober for me? Yep. Why isn't love enough? Don't you love your family? I don't so they feel me, inferior for me. Listen, I, uh, I'm not, I probably had friends maybe that were concerned about my drinking, but when it came to my family, all was normal. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. I had never been in trouble before until I got in trouble, which is usually how that works. And, um, (laughs) you know, uh, even when I started attending AA meetings, I admitted I'm an alcoholic. Like I was in this thing. Uh, I was meeting with my attorney and some family members were there and he was like, "Oh, oh, 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 you know, one of my family members mentioned like, Hey, she's going to these AA meetings. You know, like, does that count for anything? Is that going to, what do we need to do here? And he said, mm, I mean, 
I don't think you're an alcoholic. Like you're not an alcoholic. You just, you're young and you got in some trouble and like, yeah, get a piece of paper signed or something. And so from that point forward, it's always been like, all they needed was that attorney to say, she's not an alcoholic. So my family still probably to this day, don't believe that I'm an alcoholic. Um, They probably thought my drinking was just fine and normal, but I did have friends over the years. If you didn't drink the way that I drank, you know, then, I mean, we just really wouldn't hang out or I'd stop by for a few minutes. And I had some friends that would try to take me, um, not necessarily to church sometimes, but just like try to take me anywhere, somewhere normal. Like, let's go have Mm -hmm. dinner. Let's go do something. But like, I just, I couldn't do it. I wanted to go home and drink the way I wanted to drink. So, um, exactly. I kind of, when I first, uh, was getting sober when I was writing back and forth with my sponsor at that time, when I was incarcerated, I, uh, the way that I related to this chapter two wives was, you know, she kind of encouraged me like, well, think about your mom, you know, like, um, because you know, at that time I was like, she's definitely an alcoholic now, whatever, I don't know. But, um, so I would think of it in that way. The more that I read it, it was a short amount of time where I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is like, they're talking about me, you know, yeah. like it's not to the wife, to the husband, to the whomever it's like, to the person who's dealing with an alcoholic. And um, I realized that what they were describing in there was me. So what I would like to ask you all is um, why do we even still have this chapter in the book, Two Wives? Like, why don't we just rewrite it? Isn't it unrelatable to a lot of suffering alcoholics who are not a wife or do not have a wife? Should we add two husbands, two partners, to a friend, to someone that you've slept with one time that you're obsessed with or so many chapter titles would be applicable (laughs) here right right (laughs) to anyone anywhere who has had to deal with one of us um (laughs) i personally love this chapter i did not love it the first time i read it i was like how dare you tell me to never be angry. Um, but when I, when I read it through, through the lens of the time in which it was written, as well as looking at the spiritual principles throughout this chapter, they're timeless. And it's, this chapter is actually surprisingly progressive for when it was written. Um, later in the chapter, there's a passage about like, hey, don't, let your husband hit you over the head with this chapter, like leave him if you have to suggesting divorce to a woman at a time when in America, the divorce rate was like 0.16. Cause I looked it up the other day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of badass. Like that's really progressive um, empowering a woman. Um, And I know when I was the drunk husband, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. I put my own spouse through, um, absolutely. At that time, my attitude was, well, he should never be angry. He should cheerfully (laughs) see me through my next spree. Like that absolutely made sense. And it's not so much about, Hey, little woman, don't get mad. Be a little cheerleader for your drunk husband. It's more 
the way I see it. It's more like, hey, here's what won't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. your anger yeah. is not right. going to stop him from drinking again. The froth. Yeah, exactly. And I love the husband number one, two, three, and four outline the progression. Like there's so much dope stuff in this chapter. The, um, I know we're going to be like approving motions today that will be set forth for AA for all time. That's <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe changing the title to, to two spouses or two partners, but otherwise my vote is let it, let it be treasured crockery and all. <laughs> yeah. It's I've often, I've often thought it was interesting. Have you ever ripped the keys out of the piano? That's not what I was going to say. But, that has got uh, to be like, that takes some strength. Like your yes. drunk husband is He's drunk. buff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he writes in here with few exceptions, our book thus far has spoken of men, but what we have said applies quite as much to women. Our activity. Oh, that's not the right reading. There's a reading on there where he says, he says it applies to, um, maybe that is the reading. Maybe I got Alzheimer's all of a sudden. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Damn, Shank. Papal. Built in forgetter. <laughs> the, the, Sorry. I got that, I got that built in forgetter. Yep. Go out and get some wild Irish rose because I can't. If you remember. didn't know, Miss Jones, oh, you don't know. This is Bebot. Also, we like to refer to Jay Wayne as Bebot, which is the Bible Belt old timer. <laughs> oh, I like that. So feel B-bot. free to use that as any at any time. Oh okay. my goodness! Will do. Will do. But he says it applies to family and friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Somewhere in there. Yeah, it's in. Um, so it's on the, that first page. It's on that first page. Yeah. So I often wonder, well, why didn't he call it something different? But I, I'm good with the with the title. I mean, it, it probably could be revised a little bit, but the chapter is. Mrs. Jones said it, it's timeless. I mean, it mm-hmm. it has the best description of the damage we do to people. Yeah. It has one of the best descriptions of alcoholism and the difference between an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic, almost better mm-hmm. than some of the previous chapters. Yeah. yeah. And then the instructions, it tells you how to 12-step somebody. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's better instructions on how to 12-step somebody than working with others, or it's, it, it complements it. It's, it. it's as good. So I, I don't know why anyone would want to do away with it. I think it's more relevant. It's just as relevant today as it was back then. As a matter of fact, with all the 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 harm reduction and self care stuff that's trickled into the the fellowship, this is even more important mm-hmm. on how to deal with somebody. And because it tells you not to interrogate them, it tells you not to you know do a, an intervention. It you know we don't do interventions it tells them to hey let yeah. them have the let them have their own space and their own experience and you know so i i love the chapter i think we need Me to too. um i think we need to keep it going it's interesting that they they were trying to do away with this one the family afterward and um uh, to the employers i know some of the best writing some of the best chapters yeah yep 
And, you know, a lot of people have the experience Mrs. Jones had was when they first read it, they're like, what the heck? And then they come to love it. But yeah. I thought that about like the entire yeah. book. If it wasn't somewhere <laughs> that explained to me like why I drank, I was just, I mean, I, I remember thinking this book is really freaking repetitive, you yeah, know, so even though like I'm not college educated or any of those things, like I could understand that this book was repetitive. And at some point in my first year and a half of sobriety, I could understand why is to really drive home the point of what to do if you're an alcoholic and then how to 12 step someone, so how mm-hmm. to help someone else. Yeah, exactly. You know why it's, re- you know why it's repetitive? Don't say it. Bill wrote it. Huh? <laughs> well, we get, we get sick by doing the same thing over and over. We get better by doing the same thing over and over. So that's why we're ah. talking about the same stuff. Oh, wow. there, that's from the B-Bot right there. Wow. I thought, I thought you were going to say because we have built-in forgetters. <laughs> Missed opportunity. That, that too, yeah. Mrs. Jones. Okay. Yeah, so... I forgot about it. I forgot about that uh, that quick. See? There it is. So something else that people, as I was kind of just looking into this chapter as a whole, people kind of get up in arms about, if you all would like to comment on it is that this chapter was written by Bill in the third person. Um, and he was not a wife. So we need to toss it all out because that is, um, that is very manipulative. If you will. Yeah. He was just Maybe. trying to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not as well versed in all the history of the writing of the book around that but i will say that as as far as i understand it neither lois nor ann were at this time practicing the spiritual principles enough to write a chapter on you know on this topic and so having it come from an alcoholic who's recovered makes sense and um this still the spiritual principles throughout the chapter whether you know who wrote it or not it's still timeless it's still effective it still rings true and so um and i used to be one like but bill wrote it you know (laughs) like so so what Uh (laughs) it's still beautifully written it is. I think he offered it Dan Smith. And I think he might he, have. And yeah. she declined. Now, I think she probably could have could have written or at least helped write it. If you mm. read that Ann Smith, I don't know, there's a book called Ann Smith's Journal mm-hmm. where it, it ah. sounds that it sounds like in that that she actually sponsored Bill and Bob. <laughs> that <laughs> she's, she's kind of the ones that uh. like, got him on, on the right track. But and I don't. And Lois, I don't think he asked her to do it or he or that. I don't think he did. And supposedly she's, you know, still resentful about it. No surprise day. there. No <laughs> surprise he wouldn't ask his own wife, but he would ask Ann Smith. Well, there was well, no real infidelity. So, I mean. Boring what, Bob yeah. would, you know, he he just isn't interested. Probably boring Ann Smith, too. She's like, please don't put my name on that. Hit it, Bill. <laughs> Listen, Bob was not boring. Mm. Bob, 
<laughs> he would check himself into hotels under fake names and get people to bring him booze. Oh, that's true. That's pretty exciting. He, he put liquor in his stockings and <laughs> went to theaters and, and he uh, would drink in the theaters. Oh, he, he had the bootlegger stockings. Come. And, yeah, he, he could have anyway. <laughs> um, I guess to Mrs. Jones' point, it's well it's well written, regardless of who wrote it. I mean, the principles were. If the only problem I have with that chapter personally is that it was written by Bill, then I guess I just need to throw the whole book out. Like I don't know. Like stop yeah. reading Bill's story, which I'm not a Bill stan here. Whatever. I like that two people came together and all of that kind of stuff. I've been on the whole Bill Wilson tour of everything about bill wilson you spoke at um, his home place didn't you i sure did and yes. um, <laughs> i sure did um but i think that it just it's it's a moot point so what yeah. right so yeah. what we have evidence that our founders were human yes cool great Yep. I, in fact, uh, I'm also a human, to my knowledge, at this time. <laughs> so, I'm an animal. The jury and, is still out. The jury's still out, okay? Um, so, okay, in this reading, and I also hear a lot in, in a lot of meetings and a lot of women that I sponsor is just like this kind of fear-based sobriety. And this is my opinion of, you know, in the end of this um, reading, it said death was often near. And I hear from a lot of people where it's like, you know, if I go back out, I'll die. And I, I'm definitely that person who will be like, no, maybe you'll go on to the bitter end. I don't know, but fear-based sobriety or fear-based like, well, if I go back out, I'm just going to, I'm just going to die. Um, I don't think that that threat ever would have gotten me sober. Certainly wouldn't keep me sober. Um, today, I don't want to die. Like I would very much lo- like to live. Uh, if it's my time to go, though, I'm ready to meet my creator. People also don't like it when I say that. I'm not suicidal. <laughs> so does an alcoholic have to be near death to honestly get sober? No. All right, next question. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing more to say about that. <laughs> well, here, well, so here's, yeah, no, the answer is no. And I mean, the book says to be gravely affected. I'm not going to screw this one up. To be gravely affected, <laughs> one does not necessarily have to drink a long time, nor take the quantities some of us have. This is particularly true of women. Potential female hey. alcoholics often turn into the real thing and are gone beyond recall in a few years. That was me. Yep. Yeah. And a few, just a few decades, and I was the, ready to yeah. <laughs> call it quits. The, the day that I got sober, I was closer to death many times prior to that than I was that day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So same. And the thought of of death or people like you know trying to scare me that man you're gonna die if you keep doing this that's that's never worked to get an alcoholic sober no consequences don't don't stop us um fear doesn't seem to stop us not for long anyway um i always say that i think rock bottom is just whatever point the alcoholic is willing to accept spiritual help as opposed to trying on their own human power 
just whenever you're ready to tap out. Um, yep. The very first line I ever highlighted in a big book was that line from Bill's story where he says the mind and body are marvelous mechanisms for mine endured this agony for two more years. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, I can keep living like that, like this, mm. like that's yeah. awful. I was yeah. ready to die. But yeah. if but one more day of one day at a time trying not to drink was excruciating. I don't want to live like that. And to know that alcohol wasn't going to kill me quickly was scarier. And the fact that I met shiny, happy people who are sober and happy at the same time, I just believed you guys and was willing to try a different way to live. Yeah. Just one minute at a time, Mrs. Jones. Oh my God. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Girl, you'll be all right. (laughs) You got this. You got it. Yep. No matter what. (laughs) Oh no. No. Oh my goodness. Uh, now here's, here's one for us, Shank. If God has either removed your husband's liquor problem or he has not mm-hmm. the book says that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God's either removed the problem or he is not. Then why do, why do we blame ourselves or others when we relapse? I don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah. Just blame God. Yeah, so that's right. It's God's fault. <laughs> that's a jerk. That's um, kind of right. I mean, what was God thinking? Right. I know he has bad days. Um, yeah. No, uh, I love that line. And I have often, um, t- if you know, if I'm working with somebody who relapses, we'll read that line or that whole page 120 together, um, including about redoubling our spiritual activities. That, yeah, the, the, the problem is removed, you know, in the 10 step promises, the problem is removed without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes, but that doesn't mean that there are zero effort in this. Yeah. I had right. to, you know, I had to make this sincere decision to turn my will and my life over to God. I had to draw columns on a stupid piece of paper and find out that my dad's not a villain. I had to, you know, go out and make amends. I had to take action action isn't like it's not me trying not to think about drinking or trying to be sane it the action is me seeking god and as a byproduct the drink problem is removed at some point and not by me mm-hmm. yep yep it's, it's the purpose of the book i just remember when i was newly sober i was sober for a couple of months i went to uh what did you call it? A sanitarium asylum asylum for 30 days. And then I was sober (laughs) for about two months before um, I went to prison. And I just remember during that time I was living with family and they were drinking and it kind of came up um, of like, should we, or should we not have alcohol in the house? And I was like, well, I mean, probably not. And I didn't know. And I remember asking my sponsor and her like, just bringing me to this place, you know, where it says we never try to arrange a man's life as to shield him from temptation. And I remember just her having this very direct conversation with me. Like they don't have to change their lives because you are an alcoholic that has nothing to do with them. There are so many things that you can do so that you continue to progress in this program so that you um, aren't tempted by drink. And I wasn't at this point, you know, God had removed that from me at this point, but I just, 
you know, I was hearing garbage in meetings about people opening the fridge and the beer just like jumping <laughs> down their throat and catching yeah. a charge out of thin air, you know, like I was just hearing a lot of garbage that I thought, you know, well, yeah, they probably shouldn't have alcohol in the house. And it was really good for me so early on to see that because I don't know if everyone is aware, but there are drugs and alcohol um, in jails and prisons. So, Mm. you know, it wasn't just like you were separated from it for however long you're there. I mean, I learned how to make toilet wine. Did I participate? No, I did not. But I did see what was happening, you know? Um, Yeah. So I believe that God had removed my liquor problem at that point. You can come in, honey. If the if the problem ha- isn't removed, then I mean it's it's the it's kind of a promise or a guarantee of the steps. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, if we take those first nine steps to the best of our ability, we'll come into a relationship with a power greater than ourselves, and the obsession to drink will be removed. The book calls that a spiritual awakening. Um, you could call it a new mind. Um, yeah. but it's, it's guaranteed to happen. And if that, if that wasn't true, then this would just be a crap shoot for everybody. We just, you know, I mean, when, so the problem is, is removed. And I guess if somebody relapses, it's their own fault. I mean, they basically did it because they wanted to, and we, <laughs> we, we talk about it and we try to analyze it and we try to figure it out. And bottom line is, you drank because you wanted to drink. Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, we have someone that has been chronically relapsing at our home group recently, and he showed back up to the meeting and he said, I don't know why I didn't come to this meeting. And I said, because you wanted to drink, yeah, you know, like there right. are recovered people here and you still could have drank, but you didn't want to like content. You wanted to do exactly what you wanted to do. And that's fine. You can continue to do that, but don't pretend like you have no idea why. And he's a perfectly great person. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I have worked with people who drank again while taking the steps prior to the spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. you know, because a desire yes. to stop drinking doesn't equal the power to stop drinking. So and, you mean you don't have to read every single word of the book to someone before they can work all of the steps? <laughs> you do not. You yeah, don't. you got to read that table. I'm going to make you stare at the blank page. You this is what you know about cards. sobriety. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Rub your rub your nose in it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, so desire alone, you know, I wanted to stop drinking long before I stopped drinking. But once I had some sort of awareness of the solution and I was convinced that my human power wasn't working, um, something changed in me, you know, yes. like. And it just, yeah, there, God's grace enters in at some point, man. And because um, I, I know that I didn't, I didn't stop myself from picking up. I just wasn't picking up. I can't take credit for that. Yep. Hey, the chronic relapsers that I've sponsored, if you've read the book a million times and you know it better than I do, um, okay, let's do a fourth and fifth step or let's move on to seven and eight. Let's, do you believe in a higher power? Great. Like let's move forward because 
I just don't see what the point is in reading every word to you. It's a waste of time. Like I'm some kind of authority. Right. No. It takes, right. takes takes some spiritual actions. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Shane, you to move on. Let's move on to Big Book Shrapnel. Let's see All what we right. got. All right. Buckle up, Mrs. Jones. So, I am. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm buckled up. All right. Big Book Shrapnel number one. Uh, our, our Big Book Shrapnel, I don't know if I've said it in the last few episodes, but it's a segment of sayings that we frequently hear, or maybe you don't frequently hear, but they're from the book Alcoholics Anonymous. So our first Big Book Shrapnel is still woozy. Aww. Which is from one of the still stories. Woozy. It's on page 291. <laughs> um, and it says, I never went to a hospital. I never lost a job. I was never in jail. And unlike many others, I never took a drink in the morning. I needed a drink, but I was afraid to take a morning drink because I didn't want to be a drunk. I became a drunk anyway, but I was scared to death to take that morning drink. I was accused of it many times when I went to play bridge in the afternoon, but I really never did take a morning drink. I was still woozy from the night before. (laughs) Still woozy, dog. Still woozy. I... So it's afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. And she's playing bridge. And she's still woozy from the night before. Yep. Grandma went hard. She went so hard. (laughs) I mean, she she probably couldn't pick up the crochet needles. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. So woozy is feeling unsteady, dizzy, or dazed. Hmm. Hmm. All I can think... Well, go ahead. You go ahead. All I can think about is grandma went hard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how we'll but that's how it'll be written for the plain that's language. The translation, yes. Yeah. Well, I have a better translation, I think, if you all would like it. Oh, whoa, 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 um, hold on. Go ahead, So Shane. if we want kind of the modern slang, so still woozy, you know, woozy would have been kind of like a slang term back then. It wouldn't be used a lot. Um, now this term I think is being used a lot, but it would be, um, anxiety. <laughs> oh God. So you would have, I was anxiety. suffering from anxiety from the night before. Okay. You know I mean? Yeah. That's... And then her fellow bridge players, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, interesting. Yeah. So have you ever suffered from anxiety? Or have you ever been still woozy? No. Yeah. Because. Oh, you kept drinking. Yeah, I was round the clock. <laughs> no, for real. I was round yeah. the clock for a long, long, uh, long time. Like, I couldn't put eight hours together. Mm-hmm. And I was going to work. <laughs> you know, just. Yeah. Powering through every mm-hmm. single day. I was still woozy, I would say, all the time. You know, I could put together... Now, 
I don't, I didn't consciously, I wasn't like, oh, I don't want to be an alcoholic, so I can't drink every day. But it was, okay, if I can go to work and work 12 hours, and when I get home from work, go straight to bed, when I wake up in the morning, I can start drinking. And then I can have a full day to just drink and pass out and pretend to do laundry and like whatever else. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. So by the next day, when I would go back to work, a hundred percent, I was still woozy. Woozy? I mean, a hundred percent, but I'd be like, well, I can't like drink and go to work. Like I do remember thinking that I also thought that when I was shaking, it was because I hadn't had caffeine. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, Uh, uh (laughs) you were were in delusion. I was pure delusion. So do y'all want to keep still woozy or would you like to translate? Well, you've already translated into anxiety, right? I know, but do you want to keep it or do, would you like to have the translation? Mrs. Jones, what do you think? I want to keep woozy. It's cute. It is, yeah. It's. Sweet. I agree. I want to keep woozy. Shank, what about you? All right, we're keeping it. All right. Oh, good. All right. She'll be happy. Hey, so Literature Trustees Committee, and we know a lot of you out there are listening and... <laughs> Delegates and staff members, and just remember, we're keeping this one. No translation. Okay, so our next one is Kitty Hawk from page 51. Now, we will explain why we have chosen Kitty Hawk, but here's what it said. We asked ourselves this, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story, and airplane travel was in full swing. Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk. So, Kitty Hawk is a town located in the state where Jay Wayne and I are located, North Carolina. It's on the Outer Banks. Kitty Hawk is believed to be derived from American, from Native American, um, a term. The exact oh. origin of meeting are not known. Okay. Some sources suggest <laughs> that the name could be interpreted as a place to hunt geese or a reference to the local bird population. Hmm. Now. This was actually oh. not performed at kitty hawk it was performed at kill devil hills the first flight the first flight that's, that's true oh my god there are errors in so the bill wilson's line big... there is an error oh my god no god yes. burn the book we gotta translate it now am it's i fictitious. even sober right now you may not so, be. listen <laughs> i just wanted y'all to know uh I have submitted an email to GSO about this, <laughs> and um, hopefully we can have something done about it. They'll yeah. never reply to your email, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> They've like... never replied to any of them. <laughs> I don't they, even want. They... I don't even know what to write in the margins anymore. But they, yeah, right. <laughs> Correct. 
Man. So if you're listening, just please cross that out immediately and replace mm. it with Kill Devil Hills. Or an Wait alternative could be... You got a tra- do you have a translation? Just in case we cannot find the exact um, the exact location, you know, where this happened. The alternative would be First Flight Town. First Flight Town. Why do you have to name it? Oh. Why did you have to well, say it was Kitty Hawk, you know, when you knew that wasn't true? Actually, but this makes sense. American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk because it wasn't true. Because it was a lie. Fake, Fake news. Ah, there it is, Jones. Nice. Nice catch. <laughs> Fake oh, news. Man. Now, so the, the, the context of the paragraph is pretty good for somebody with agnostic thinking. It sure is. Yes. Yeah. Like, hey, look, all these experts were wrong. They knew they were right. They thought they were right. And these guys had a dream and had a little willingness and, and took some action. And they were able to actually prove exactly. something wrong. Exactly. And do we have, yeah. yeah. And do we have a better example? Probably not in current times. Yeah. So this is just another example of everything we've been talking about in this episode um, of higher power. You can get sober if you relapse. That's okay. You need to take spiritual action. And there are going to be a lot of things that you don't think are possible. Yeah. There you go. And if you're listening from far away and you're interested in taking a tour of Kitty Hawk or Kill Devil Hills, you can Venmo Shank and Wayne and we will uh, we'll help you. We got it. I want to go to First Flight Town, Bill. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. We got you. Right. So then, well, there's a good question, Mrs. Jones. So do you want to keep the translation First Flight Town or you want to keep it Kitty Hawk? We're going to keep it Kitty Hawk. Yeah. I'm keeping Kitty Hawk. Shank? I'm keeping Kitty Hawk, and I will um, further investigate why Bill Wilson thought it was a good idea to lie in the big book. Thank you. We need to investigate that. And for all you listeners out there, Mrs. Jones has a, a meme page on Instagram. That's called Wisdom to Know the Kittens. It's my personal favorite. I love it. Um, so we were trying to find some phrases out of the big book that referenced cats or felines. And we, we struggled. But, struggled. But Kitty Hawk is... What's funny about it, if it references birds, why didn't it call Bird Hawk or... Or flying hawk, or <laughs> or you know, flying geese. I think because God can see around corners. Oh, and he knew that one day we would be meeting up on this podcast to talk you know about this. We and needed so that. He inspired Bill to put that word in kitty we, hawk. We needed that. Accurate. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, that's it. All right, so are we? We're keeping Kitty Hawk. 
We're going to keep keeping Kitty Hawk. All right. Do you have Big another shrapnel number three? Feline is phrase. like a tiger. <laughs> so this comes from page 382. Like a tiger. And it says, the other side of the coin was sinister, baffling. I was inwardly unhappy most of the time. There would be times when the life of respectability and achievement seemed insufferably dull. I had to break out. This I would do by going completely bohemian for a night, getting drunk and rolling home with the dawn. Next day, remorse would be on me like a tiger. I'd claw my way back to the respectability and stay there until the inevitable next time. Mm. I think this is unfair to tigers. Absolutely. Um, did they ask the tigers? <laughs> yeah. Remorse would be on me like a tiger. What's all, what's the, all I could what's think the phrase the, mean? The, the Dio song. Yeah. As if that's just ride the tiger. Okay. Ride the tiger. So. Oh. Um, One of James Dio. Yeah. So um, it's basically a simile that serves to emphasize the intensity with which the speaker would be feeling remorse. So um, when we think of tigers, uh, we associate them with strength, aggressiveness, and restlessness. Hmm. Um, so it would be overpowering, basically, I think is what they're yeah. trying to say. Yeah. Hmm. He's just feeling sorry for himself. Yes. Yeah. I like the claw reference. Mm-hmm. I claw my way back to respectability. Yeah. No St. Helena for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next day I'd be butt hurt. Mm, that's a good one. I do have another one if you all are interested. Yes. Next day, the guilt would hit me hard, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bra. Bra. Yeah. Man, next day, that guilt would hit me hard, bro. Bet. Bet. <laughs> that's, that's Listen, a good translation. I- I kind of like like a tiger. Okay, like I like the clawing my way back. I can't say that I know that it uh, fits or doesn't fit, but I just I like it like a tiger. Remorse would be on me like a tiger. So it's it's telling us that tigers are aggressive and they they like pounce on you heavy. Yeah, I, like overpowering. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's true. So it's almost like he's. Oh, go ahead. Is that true that tigers pounce on people like that? On their prey, mm. they stalk. Yeah, they and did jump on process, uh, and they and then they. What's those guys in Vegas? Siegfried and Roy, or uh, oh yeah, I remember that. He oh did my tear, god, he did wear yeah. that guy out. Yeah, didn't tore up like those yeah. tigers. That's remorse. Yeah. Pounce. Yeah, on him. yeah, they <laughs> had it. So well, we could almost, have like a tiger, or we could have the guilt would hit me hard, bro, bra, dog, cat. What about I'm drowning in my feels? <laughs> that one's pretty good too. I do like that it, one. It's not bad. I think we. Um, I, I like think yours. Gonna, yeah. 
killed with yeah, I like like a tiger, I think. What do you think, Mrs. Jones? You gonna keep it or translate it? Let's translate it. Nice. I like I like Shanks. Yeah. But You like that better than uh, like a tiger? Yeah. Nice. No, we got All right. Well, we have to send this one out to the listeners then. <laughs> oh. Okay. We may have to. Yeah. So um what what so what's the options? The options are <laughs> like a tiger. Next day, remorse would be on me like a tiger, or next day the guilt would hit me hard, bruh. <laughs> okay. Well, Shank, what do you want to? What do you think? I want to send it out to the listeners, and I. Okay. You can vote on Instagram, Alcoholics Alive. You can email us at Freedom and Alcoholics Alive. And let's hear what the people think. Yes! Now, you can also vote on TikTok. Okay, here we go. You can vote on Twitter. You can vote on Threads. You can vote on Facebook. How do you see the Threads stuff? Okay, I'll just ask you that at some other point. You don't have access to threads? No. Uh, All right. See, see me after the meeting. Let's have a okay. meeting after the meeting. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Every podcast I learn a new uh, social media site. We probably have a Tumblr at this point. Well, of course we got Tumblr. Shut up. Kids these days. It's just crazy, <laughs> Mrs. Jones. I don't know what we're going to do. All right. So get ready for uh, some announcements out about voting and keep in mind it's a it's a it's an important vote because we're gonna we're gonna re, we're rewriting the oh no we can't say rewrite the big but we're translating translate the book thank you into plain language yeah. thank you yeah so the trustees committee is waiting on the answer all right mrs jones we um we appreciate you coming on with us today it's been a lot of fun thanks for having me yep and uh if y'all uh, are on Instagram, check out the Wisdom to Know the Kittens. It's a it's an awesome meme page. And if you're like an animal on a treadmill, <laughs> you can get off the treadmill and take the twelve steps, and you can become free. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help. You can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode. Mm-hmm.